Hey, you're listening to the GGC Life Podcast. Weekly messages from our Sunday services. We hope this message encourages you. Be blessed. Amen. Good morning, church. Good morning, good morning, good morning. Happy Mother's Day. I am so, so glad you are in this auditorium. And I'm going to say happy Mother's Day to my mummy who's watching online right now. She's absolutely amazing to me. And so I just honor her and I love her and I want to give her a shout out. So grateful to be here this morning. Such an honor and a privilege to share. All over Australia and some parts of the world, everyone has taken an annual pause to recognize one of the most influential groups on earth. Yes, mothers, you are considered and I'm considered one of the most influential groups on earth. And don't we know it. And we honor you. We love you. We are so, so glad you're here. I just Before I start, I just want to say this such an open portal for God to work this morning. And I just want us to be in a place of receptiveness. Last night when I was praying and just spending time with God and just speaking in tongues and allowing God to fill me with His Spirit, I just felt like God is wanting to just breathe down life into every single person here this morning. doesn't matter about your exhaustion, tiredness, whatever you might be going through, whether you're a mother or a father or a child, God is wanting to depart something incredible into your life. A mother's heart is not that she get blessed, that her children are blessed. Don't you agree? Mothers in the house, when their children are okay, the mother is good. So as a mother in the house, I feel like when the children in the house are good, she feels content. So I just want to say, as I was praying last night, God said, just rest in me. I'm about to pour out my spirit without measure this morning. I want to start by reading a beautiful story that I came across this week. It's, it's called When God Created Mothers. When the good Lord was creating mothers, he was into his sixth day of overtime. When the angel appeared and said, you're taking a lot of time on this one. And God said, have you read the specs on this order? She has to be completely washable, not plastic, have 180 movable parts, all replaceable, run on black coffee and leftovers, have a lab that disappears when she stands up, a kiss that can cure anything from a broken leg to a disappointed love, and six pairs of hands. The angel shook his head slowly and said, six pairs of hands? No way. It's not the hands that's causing me the problem, God remarked. It's the three pairs of eyes that a mother has to have. Then the angel said, that's on the standard order? God nodded, yes. One pair that sees through closed doors when she asks, what are you kids doing there when she already knows what they're doing? Another here in the back of the head that sees what she shouldn't, but what she needs to know. And of course, one pair in the front looking at her children, he or she goofing up and saying, I understand you, I love you, without so much so as uttering a word. God said the, God said the angel, touching his sleeve gently, get some rest. I can, said God. I'm so close to creating something so close to myself. Already I have the one who heals herself when she's sick, can feed a family of six with one pound of burger and can get a nine-year-old to stand under the shower. The, the angel circled the model of her mother very slowly. It's too soft, he sighed. 
but tough, said God. You can imagine what this mother can do or endure. Can it think? Not only can it think, but it can reason and compromise, said the creator. Finally, the angel bent over and ran his fingers across the cheek. There's a leak, he pronounced. I told you, you were trying to put too much into this model. It is not a leak, said the Lord. It is a tear. What is it for? It's for joy, for sadness, for disappointment, for pain, for loneliness and pride. This is something so special. There's something so special about mothers. How incredible is that? Such a beautiful depiction of what a mother is. I feel so blessed to share with you all this morning and to be in a company of incredible, incredible mothers. And we are journeying this together. And I want to start out, we've begun a series last week called The Timeless Truth. And The Timeless Truth is found in none other than the Word of God. Do you agree? Wave your Bibles at me this morning. We're going to have an interaction service even if it's your um, iPhones or iPads, that's it. Wave your phones this morning or your Bibles. This morning, I want to reflect on an incredible mother. Her name is Mary. And yes, she is Jesus's mother. So if we could turn to Luke chapter 2, we're going to read from verses 9 through to 12 and verses 15 through to 20. And yes, it's a Christmas passage, but there's so much of the treasures of God that he's wanting to deposit into the mothers this morning, but not only into the mothers, but into the fathers, into the uncles, into the aunties, into the children, because that is a mama's heart, right? So let's dive into it. Verse 9. And if you don't have your Bibles, you can have a look at the screens. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them. And they were terrified. But the angel said to them, do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. I believe God is proclaiming that he's about to bring great joy for all people this morning, for all mothers. He's about to download uh, such treasure into your heart that you're going to leave your feeling full and feeling loved and strengthened. Amen. Uh, verse 11, today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He's Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths, laying in a manger. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that had happened, which the Lord has told us about. So, they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and baby who was laying in the manger. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what they had been told about the child. And all who heard it were amazed. Can I pause there for a second? All who heard it were amazed. Now that word amazed means wondered, admired, and casual observation in the Greek. At what the shepherd had said to them. Verse 19, but Mary, this morning I hope you and I want to be about Mary. And I'm going to explain to you shortly what that means. Treasured up. What does it mean to treasure up? Treasure up means to keep closely together, guard from loss, prevent from escaping. I got this incredible Mother's Day homemade cards and I love words. I love when 
our children write cards from their heart and I treasure them with all of my heart. It says, but Mary treasured up all of these things. What things? Things that were prophesied over her, things that were prophesied over history. It says that she treasured them up and pondered them in her heart. What does it mean to ponder? Ponder means to reflect, to review, to think. Ponder is to feel the weight or the significance of something important. And verse 20, it says, The shepherd returned glorifying and praising God for all the things that they have heard and seen, which were as they had been told. Verse 18, we saw uh, uh, everyone heard the news and they were amazed. But verse 19 tells us that, But Mary treasured and pondered these things in her heart. I believe this Mother's Day morning, God is wanting to strengthen us and wanting to equip us and pour in so much love and strength within us as mothers. So if I was to give a heading to what I want to share with you this morning, what I want to convey from the depths of my heart, it would be hold that thought. Hold that thought. Could you say to the person next to you, hold that thought. Hold that thought. Now, the, the meaning of hold that thought, it means not to forget, to contemplate, to keep in mind, to consider. I mean, every mother knows, especially when they've given birth to their kids, uh, they know all the doctor's appointments, they know all the labor pains, they know the midnight nursing, they know all the cries, they know when they have to breastfeed. A new mother observes everything to do with their newborn baby. I mean, Craig and Elsie, welcome little Sophia for the first time in the house. She's downstairs feeding. But honestly, they would know all the feeding times and everything to do with the baby. It says Mary held on to the Messiah, held on while she was holding and watching the Messiah uh, laying in the manger. She was pondering the stuff that were prophesied over history. She was pondering on the things that were prophesied over her and she treasured these things in her heart. Ha, you know. But the rest of them who heard it marveled, amazed, and it was a short-lived experience. This portion of passage uh, gives us a glimpse how one group can easily become two groups of people in the, because of the way they process what they heard. You know, in a room this size, I could easily say that, you know, this one group can easily become two groups in the way you hear this morning's message, in the way you hear God's word this morning. One group can say that was an amazing message and I thank you for it and it's short-lived. And the second group can say, oh my goodness, even in their lunches, even in their dinners, even going out throughout the week, they're going to say, wow. They, you know, they're going to chew on the word and they're going to reflect and ponder on the word. I pray to God this morning as a mother and having a mother's heart that we, are, that we all, as children, as fathers, as leaders, as mothers, fall into the second category. That we ponder and reflect on the word of God that is given to us. Because it is, it is what we live with. It is what we live for. It is where we live from. Because if we don't live from that place, 
guess who is defining the way we live, the way we talk, the way we act, the way we think? It's the world's culture. If we do not ponder and reflect on the Word of God, everything outside the Word of God is trying to have your time and trying to shape you, the way you think and live. As, the, the things that are most worth keeping is not money kept in the bank or uh, jewelry kept in a treasure box. It's none other than the Word of God held in our hearts. The Word of God gives us life. It gives, uh, uh, you know, when we truly eat and dissect of the Word of God, it gives fruit. Uh, by spending time. It gives us gentleness, kindness, love, patience, perseverance. We cannot do it without the Word of God. As mothers, we know words not only have the power to crush the spirit, but it has the power to give life. You know, as mothers, prophetically declaring over our children, over our spouse, over our leaders, that they, uh, uh, you know, giving them courage, giving them hope, uh, giving, uh, giving them faith, instilling faith into them, makes them strong. Do you agree? Words like you're beautifully and handsomely created. You are in the image of God. You are uniquely gifted. You are fearfully and wonderfully made. You are God's child. You're heir of the kingdom. I see potential in you. You are more than capable. You are a conqueror. You're loved at your best and you're loved at your worst. I value you. I need you. I respect you. I honor you as the head of this house. Uh, I love you. I forgive you. Will you forgive me? These are timeless truths found in the Word of God. But we cannot speak those life-giving words into our children or our spouse or the peers around us if we are not meditating on it. You see, the, if we need to monitor the words that are coming out of our mouth as, uh, as peers, as friends, as mothers, because it can be our children's inner voice or our spouse's inner voice or our friend's inner voice. The Proverbs 18.21 says, death and life are in the power of the tongue. We need to monitor what's coming out of our tongue. Is it, you know, are we speaking life to the people around us or are we speaking death to the people around us? Because they're holding on to our words with dear life and they're navigating their life with the words we speak. Bible says, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So what is in the abundance of our heart? Let me say it again. We cannot do anything with an, uh, without an abundance of Jesus in our heart. I want to convey this morning that the power of our personal transformation as mothers, as leaders, as friends, as children, lies in what God has said and does not lie in what we see before us. Our mistakes, our inadequacies, um, you know, our imperfection. That's why we need to hold on to God's word and keep reminding us so it transforms us continually as we behold his word. Amen. Uh, James 1.25 says, but the one who looks intently, how do you look intently? By reading God's word intently into the perfect law of freedom and perseveres in it. What does it mean to persevere? When you feel like you want to quit and give up, you persevere in it and are not a forgetful hearer, but a doer, doer who works. This person will be blessed. 
if we do not treasure his word like Mary did in her heart, and if we do not ponder on God's word, let me tell you, we are going to second guess every word he has spoken over our life. When he says you are loved, you're going to think, no, I'm not loved. When he says that you are more than a conqueror, we are going to second guess every single word because we're not reflecting and pondering on the word of God. We need to keep the word before us. The first Adam, when the Lord spoke to him not to eat of this uh, tree, the serpent came and said, has God said this? The first temptation or the invitation to sin wasn't to eat the forbidden fruit. The first temptation was to question what God has said, his word, his intent, his motive. Right now, you know, you might be going through something and you're holding on to God's word, but you're also holding on to competing words that has been put by the enemy. You see, we cannot be all in and navigate our life without the word of God when there are two opposing ideas that are confronting one another. Amen. You see suddenly entertaining words such as has God said in the soil of my heart roots begin to grow we begin to water it has God said you know my thoughts start going down a wrong way poison begins to filter my heart and all because I lent an ear to has God said you know there's an incredible man he, he's passed away obviously his name is Smith Wigglesworth he said that you know he would not let anybody enter his house with a newspaper he would get them to leave it outside his door because he didn't want any of that in his house it is it is also said about him that uh, he would not go 15 minutes without reading the word because he knew the power lies within the word of god amen in Luke chapter 4, the last Adam, which is Jesus, went through something similar to the first Adam. You see, in Luke chapter 3, we see Jesus being baptized and the heavens open up and the Father speaking and saying, this is my beloved Son in whom I'm well pleased. And guess what? The very next scene, we see Satan coming and saying, if you are the Son of God, if you are the Son of God, we already know that the father said to Jesus, you are my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. What was, the, uh, what was the devil doing? He was saying, let me have access to your heart. I want to plant a seed. I want to plant a thought that's different to the one you are protecting. You see, confusion comes when we start entertaining any thoughts other than the thoughts of Christ. Any ideas that are other than the ideas of Christ. You see, questioning uh, if you are the son of God. What was the devil trying to do? He was trying to get Jesus to question his identity. It all started with a thought. And if we are not holding on to what God has already said over our life, guess what? We are going to second guess what God has spoken over our life. Bill Johnson says, many Christians battle with confusion because they had lost the battle of protecting God's word within them. 2 Timothy 1.14 says, God, the good deposit that was entrusted to you, guarded with the help of the Holy Spirit. Guess what, church? Guess what, mothers? You have the Holy Spirit within you. We are not just mere mothers. We're mothers with the Holy Spirit that's rivaling inside of us, that enables us and gives us the power to live out this God-given mandate and God-given gifting. 
We need to hold fast to God's word. We need to protect it with our dear life. Amen. 400 years of the so-called silent years, the voice of the prophets had come to a close and 1,500 years from of God communicating to man had come to a stop in the book of Malachi, the last book of the Old Testament. And people are wondering, is the Messiah coming? And then the 400-year silence is broken when an angel goes to an obscure village in Galilee to a teenage a, a, a girl called Mary and says, you are going to give birth to a Christ child. And even in this history-making story, guess what? Mary asks a question. How many of us know that we are prone to questions? It's fine. She says, how is this possible since I'm a virgin? And the angel replied to her, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you like a cloud. I don't know about you mothers. If I had an answer like that, I'm thinking, "Uh, really? How is that even possible? But there was something in that answer that satisfied Mary. God is not offended with our questions, but he's saying, even after I've spoken, if you start to question, if you start to doubt, then we are in big trouble. We're in big trouble. You know, Elizabeth and Zacharias, uh, they were about, uh, you know, an angel comes to Zacharias and say, your wife is going to give birth to a child, you are the name and so and so. And Zachariah speaks to the angel and says, how can this be possible? I'm an old man and my wife is well along in years. And guess what? He was struck mute till the day his son was born. Oh, our hearts are important. Our hearts are important because it has the ability to direct us in faith or lead us in unbelief. We need to guard the good deposit. We need to guard the word so we can fight sin. We can fight uh, anxiety. We can fight anything that comes our way. And so that we can hear the voice of God when he speaks as well. That's why we need to guard the word. Let me show you an example of that. In John 12, 27 to 29. Turn with me quickly there. It says, now my soul has become trouble. And what shall I say? Father, save me from this hour. But for this purpose, purpose. I came to this hour. Father, glorify your name. Then a voice. Are you listening, guys? Then a voice came out of heaven. I have both glorified it and will glorify it again. Verse 29. So the crowd of people who stood by and heard it were saying that it had thundered and others were saying an angel had spoken. Jesus answered and said, this voice has not come for my sake, but for your sake. Let's get something straight. Jesus is not a bad communicator. He's not a bad communicator. He communicated, everyone heard in different ways, and one group heard it with their heart, and the other group heard it with their minds. You know why? Because we have a predisposition of unbelief. Because in verse 37, in that same chapter, it says that Jesus did many signs and they did not believe him. That's why it says in verse 29 that some heard it like thunder and not the audible voice of God. Unbelief can cripple us and paralyze us. The condition of of our heart is so important and we need to monitor the condition of our heart every day so it keeps me in a place to hear God. We're not going to hear God. We're going to only hear our thoughts. 
if we're not monitoring our hearts. You know, Luke chapter 2, 18, everyone heard, they marveled. But Scripture says in verse 19, but Mary treasured up all of these things in her heart and pondered them in her heart. Some heard the great news and they were amazed and they were awestruck. They're clapped and they're left unchanged. It says, but Mary. I love when I see a but in Scripture. Now, don't let your mind go down a wrong track. I'm talking about B-U-T, not B-U-T-T. When we see a but in Scripture, we need to pause. Yes, we can have some fun. We can pause. We can meditate. We can reflect because it's about to bring some transformation in our life. But Mary treasured up all of these things and pondered them in her heart. Let me say this morning. I want to be about Mary. Of all the things that God has said, Christine treasured and pondered them in her heart. This morning, my prayer as a mother is that all us mothers and fathers and children is that we treasure God's Word in our heart because it has the ability to produce life and life more abundantly. Later on in Luke chapter 2, the but Mary moment is not a one-time instance. We see Mary, Joseph, and Jesus journeying back to Jerusalem. And then Mary and Joseph only had one assignment, and that was to look after Jesus. And guess what? They lose Jesus. <laughs> For three days, they couldn't find Jesus. And then finally, when Mary found Jesus, three days later, it said she pondered, she reflected all the things that happened. She wasn't missing a bit. It also says in verse 48 that she questioned Jesus and it shows her mama's heart. It, just like any mother would question a kid if they're coming home late or doing something irresponsible. It, Mary questioned and even in the answer, she didn't understand what the answer Jesus gave her. She treasured, she pondered, she reflected. The crowd heard and the shepherds, uh, the crowd heard the shepherds and they marveled, but Mary heard the word from the angel and it allowed to bring change. The voice came from heaven. Part of the crowd heard thunder. The other part heard the audible voice of God. I don't control his voice. I control my heart. I control my heart. The condition of my heart is what attracts the voice of God. He's a good steward and he wants to plant in good soil. He says, oh my goodness, look, Marguerite, she's so sensitive and uh, she's not stuck in a way I'm going to deposit in her. Oh, look, L look at her. She's amazing. She's not stuck in a way I'm going to deposit more in her. Condition of my heart is what attracts the voice of God. Proverbs 27, 19 says, as a face is reflected in the water, so the heart reflects the real person. God alone knows the man's heart and can read the secret thoughts in the inner depths of his or her soul. But it's the outworking of those concealed attributes which are demonstrated through words, actions, attitudes that manifest, manifest the man's true identity to his fellow man. What am I saying? The healthiness of the heart is an important issue. To keep my heart healthy, I need to keep beholding Jesus. I need to keep beholding Jesus. I cannot blame my past. I cannot bl blame my upbringing. I cannot blame my emotions. I cannot blame what I've been taught. 
the only way to change the narrative of every other thing that's contrary to the Word of God is by diving my face down into the Word of God. It is only then I'm able to forgive. It is only then that I'm able to show kindness. It is only then love is possible and gentleness is possible and laying down and sacrifice is possible. James 1.19 says, But everyone must be quick to hear, slow to speak, and slow to anger. For the anger of man does not achieve righteousness of God. Therefore, putting aside all filthiness and all that repents of wickedness, in humility receive the word implanted which is able to save our souls. In humility, receive the implanted word. Where's the ability? Where's the energy? Where's the power? Where's the strength? It lies in the seed. And whose seed? It's in his seed where we find the ability and energy and everything we need. You can plant, if you try to plant a stick or a piece of wood, it's not going to grow. Guess what? You need to plant a seed. Uh, His seed contains his own DNA. His seed contains his own nature. The seed contains how we should walk and live. And when we implant that in our heart, we get to walk as Christ walked in humility. So hold on to the thoughts that are written in the Word of God because we're able to be a better spouse, a better mother, a better sister, a better friend, a better leader, amen, a better aunt, a better uncle. It is so important to treasure God's Word. And you can take stock of what you're treasuring if you take a moment to reflect on, what am I giving most of my attention to? Where am I spending most of my money on? It will show you where your treasure lies. I pray that this morning our treasure lies within the Word of God. It says, Mary treasured these things in her heart, meaning she actually attracted the creative force of what God spoke into the universe to settle in her heart, Bill Johnson says. Meaning, because she had a place where she treasured God's Word, guess what? That that prophecy that was spoken through history settled and manifested in her life. Can God's Spirit and God's Word prophetically spoken through history can it settle in your heart are you a revival carrier are you a carrier of Jesus are you letting God's word settle in your heart so what that which has been prophesied over history can settle and you can be the forerunner you can be the one that ignites the people around you The movie that I love the most, one of the movies I love watching the most was um, Incredibles 2. I don't know if you've got a chance to see it. Incredibles 2 is just as good as Incredibles 1. I mean, Miss. Mr. Incredible and Elastigirl, which is his wife, are coming out of retirement to take care of evil. And Elastigirl uh, takes the forefront. The mama bear takes the uh, forefront. And they're running across powers they never knew they had. They're thrown in scenarios and they're thrown into danger and risk. And um, Elastigirl has such a mama's heart. She sees her babies in the throes of evil, taking care of evil. And she turns around and tells Mr. Incredible, he says, she turns around and tells her husband, they are just children with such concern in her voice. 
And Mr. Incredible takes a moment to remind Elastigirl, his wife, yes, they're children, but they're children with power. They're children with power. Whether, whether or not they choose to use it, it's up to them. But either way, they have got it. It occurs to me in a room this side, I, I want to remind us all that we are children of God, but we are children with power. Whether you're a mother, whether you're a father, whether you're a child, a grandmother, or auntie, an uncle, you are a child with power. Whether you choose to use it or not, it's up to you. Whether you whether or not you choose it to choose to remind your spouse, your children, it's up to you. But you are children of God with power, with power. I don't want to get to the end of my life and I realize that I wasn't a good steward, that I did not remind my children that they are children with power, that they have the ability to conquer everything that comes their way, that no weapon formed against them shall prosper, that when they stand that God is their rear guard, that He's my shelter, my provider, my deliverer, my fortress. It is my duty as a mother to remind my children that they have power within them to withstand anything and everything that comes their way. The biggest tragedy is not knowing how to use that power. You can have all the power and you can be somebody that's just aiming all over the place and not have the mark or the bullseye because you do not know how to use it. Get to know the Word of God. Get to know it. I don't stand here saying that I know it, I got it. I actually, I am still a mother in learning and training and a grandmother. I don't have it together. I can honestly say that. I fail and I have to go before God and say, God, I find this so hard to forgive. Can you help me and show me how to forgive? How to love unconditionally? How to lay down my life unconditionally when I feel like it's not justified? You see, I don't have it together as a mother, but that's the greatest thing that you can show your kids, that I cannot do it in my own strength. I need the power of the Spirit. I need Jesus in my life leading me and directing me and showing your children through Scripture what they can achieve and how far they can go. If you are a single mother this morning, I want to say that you do not have to do this journey on your own. God is with you. He's wanting to empower you and strengthen you. No matter what you have gone through or what you are going through, God says, I'm there for you. Scripture says, he who began a good work will bring it to completion. He, I'm, I, I, he says, no weapon formed against you shall prosper. How do you know that, Christine? That's because you need to get in the Word. You need to get your face stuck in the Word. I mean, it is amazing. I love gifts and I love when my kids buy me gifts, you know, but if I only revel in the physical gifts and do not revel in the Word of God, I come undone. So this Mother's Day, what I want to leave with you is that I want you to hold that thought. Hold those thoughts. Kathleen sang the most amazing, beautiful song. There's my timer. (laughs) Kathleen sang a beautiful song. Mother's words are so powerful. Father's words are so powerful. You're writing history in and through their life. 
But what are you writing? Yes, we are imperfect. Yes, we drop the ball. Yes, we say some silly things. But you know what? God is faithful and just to forgive. And then if you tell your kids, I'm sorry, I did, I'm so wrong in this and how I spoke to you and how I spoke to my father, your dad. If you truly are repentive and your kids see that, guess what? It's not going to be hard for them to mimic the same thing with their uh, families when they grow up. You have, you have the power to change history. And it all lies in your hand. Don't let it sit on a shelf. Don't let it sit on a coffee table. Read it. Whatever it is. And we're all at different levels. Some people can only read for 10 minutes. Some people can read for three hours, for a whole week. Whatever it is, be faithful with what's been entrusted to you. He's coming back. He's coming back. And He's wanting all of us equipped. It's such a blessing. Could we stand to our feet, please? you, Jesus. Can we raise our hands and say, Father, I surrender my life to you. I say sorry for not coming before your face. I want more of you, Jesus. I want to treasure your word. I want to ponder your word. I want to reflect on your word, Jesus. Your word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. May I not dismiss that. May I not lean unto my own understanding, but in all my ways, may I acknowledge you so you direct and lead my path, Father. Even as I go to lunches and dinners, may I remind myself that my confidence, my assurance, my future is wrapped up in you, Jesus. Father, we say, come have your way right now. Prophetically, we decree right now over every single person. Father, right now, as all hands are raised, Father, as a mother in this house, I prophetically declare open heaven, open portal. Father, come have your way over their lives. Let there be such a downpour of heaven's blessing, Lord God, that even as they leave this place, they will wouldn't even, like they're starting to realize, oh my goodness, I feel the weightiness of God's presence going with me. So Father, I pray that you wrap them up. Fill them up to the overflowing, Jesus. Fill them up, fill them up, fill them up. Glory and honor and power and praise to you, King Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Father, that you would remove the obstacles. You would remove the hesitation. You would remove the fear their lives right now, over their children, over the sons and daughters, over the fathers and the mothers in this house, you would remove it in the name of Jesus. Release them into new depths and new heights. Father, we say, come have your way. Breathe life right now. Breathe life, Jesus. You are King Jesus right now. Hallelujah. We worship you, King Jesus. We worship you. We worship you. We worship you. We worship you, Jesus. some people in this room that might need to meet Jesus for the first time and just in case you are here in this room you know we don't want to take for granted um, in, a, in a room full of people 
There could be some people that actually have never made Jesus their Lord. You never actually understood that God loved you and He loved me. He loved all of us so much that He actually gave His one and only Son. Jesus was, was sent by the Father, born for a virgin birth, live a perfect life to die on the cross in your place and in my place. That Jesus Christ died for our sins. So what happens to a believer? What happens to a Christian? A Christian says yes to Jesus. A Christian says, Lord, I give you my life. And I will follow you all the days of my life. I make you Lord of my life. What happened to me at the age of 19? I turned away from my sin, my selfishness. I repented of that. And I said, Lord, I didn't realize I was leading my own life. And I gave him the right over my life because he deserves it. He's the Lord. He's the creator of all. He's the creator of all. And if you've never made peace with God, if you've never actually given your heart to him, where he comes in and forgives you of everything forgives you you can make peace with God amen you can do that today so if you're in that place and you you want to accept Jesus Christ as Lord and as Savior you just want to I want to meet Jesus I want to become a Christian I want to follow him just slip your hand up and we're going to welcome you to come out the front we're going to have people to help you say a prayer that helps that allows Jesus to come into your heart amen you you basically say Lord I open up my heart I ask you to come into my heart, live in my heart by your Spirit, and I'll make you Lord of my life. It's a simple prayer to make Him Lord. Amen. So that'll be to my left here, to your, if you're on this side, to your right. So come out around here. I'll be here to help you uh, accept Jesus Christ as Lord. Amen. Let's worship King Jesus. And as the Christina's prayed... And I, I feel the, the, the word that she has given is such a word in season for us as a church. It's the response of the heart that allows the Word of God work in our lives. The Word of God is eternal and powerful and forever settled in heaven. It lacks no power to perform, but it comes in our hearts. That's the soil. The Word is a seed and it's our response to receive. Amen. been listening to the ggc life podcast we hope this message has encouraged you for more please visit our website ggclife.com or email us ggclife at ggclife.com from our house to yours be blessed